Hello, everyone. We are back with our real estate update. Did you know? Oh, we changed that last time. Oh, good. <laughs> no, you did. I missed right. last week. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to have just the one person introducing me that. So you were like looking at me waiting oh, for me. <laughs> so it is still real estate update. Yeah, did no, you know? Okay, good. Yep. Good, good. So today we are blessed to have Angie Searles with us talking about everything going on and what's new in the big bad world of home finance. Yep. Lots of exciting stuff happening. And you are? I'm Amber. <laughs> and I'm Trace. It's just the two of us today. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, let's see here. Got some rock and new music. I like it. Yeah, we lost our last intro. So we're, I hope this is the right one this time. <laughs> we got to We're, we're going to try new things as we start in New Year soon. I like it. I like it. So thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you again. Shout out last week or last month to Andy Larson. <laughs> Where's the time going? To Andy Larson for joining us and talking all about extreme weather updates and all that. What you gotta do? We just had another big storm roll through, so that was good information to know ahead of time. It's yeah, insane. Um, let's see here. This week, we are going to go talk more about home finance. There's a lot going on. Interest rates are excellent right now. Yep. We are right back down to historic lows, which never thought, really never thought we'd see again. And a lot of it does stem from what's going on economically across the world, China and all the trade issues that we've got going on. But we've seen a full percentage point decrease, if not a little bit more again, across pretty much every single loan program, whether it be FHA, VA, conventional, 30-year conventional fixed rates, good credit. You'd be looking at anywhere from three and a quarter to three and three eighths or three point three seven five. FHA, VA being a little bit lower than that, you get closer to the, to the three mark. And then obviously, if you're looking at doing a 15-year, um, those rates are getting even better. So wow. you're actually getting really, really close to like 2.875 under under that 3% mark. So in my world, uh, the way I see it, you get to that point and it's basically free money. And, you're, and this time last year, we were being told to expect like five and a half or more. Correct. Yep. That's what, so even experts can be wrong. There's no way to predict this. That's probably one of the number of questions I get is what do you think is going to happen with interest rates? I wish I knew. I wish I knew how long we were going to hold at this. I don't. That's why you just want to take advantage of it when you can. And we've seen sudden changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a while. I mean, it was several, several years ago, but I did see interest rates go up a full percentage point in 24 hours. So some People don't realize that rates do come out on a daily basis. They fluctuate just like the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get price changes throughout the day for for the worse, but also a little bit for the better. But typically speaking, rates go up much, much faster than they come down. Okay. Good to know. So we talk a lot about how interest rates are super low. And so you're going to explain to us what that means. Right. <laughs> So as a lender, what we're going to be doing when we qualify somebody for a loan, um, we're going to qualify for a specific payment amount up to a certain limit, not necessarily the dollar amount. um, But what interest rates do when they're low is they increase your buying power because of the lower rate, you can afford more homes. For an example, we were just running numbers and with the percentage point decrease um, that we've seen basically from last year to this year, it would reduce your monthly payment on you know, the average sales price, we said was 232 would reduce your payment by at least $125 per month um, in the 
just in the principal and interest portion of the mortgage payment alone. So if you were if you had a budget looking in that 220, 230 range, now you could be potentially looking at that 250 to 60 range with the same payment payment amount. So when our interest rate drops about a point, we gain twenty to thirty thousand dollars in buying power. Basically, roughly, roughly, depending on depending on the other factors. Yep. But if you're just looking strictly at principal and interest, mm-hmm. correct. And that's a huge difference between houses. Right. Uh, going from $180,000 for a purchase price, pushing into that $200,000 market is going to open up so many more options. Mm-hmm. So don't just get sticker shock. Like it's not all about this house is a quarter million dollars. It's all about what's your payment, right? Yep. Right. What's your payment? Those specials, those taxes we look at. Um, the interest rate is the biggest one, though, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so on the, on the flip side, as rates do go back up because we know they will eventually, mm-hmm. then obviously that's going to decrease buying power. So yeah. now mm-hmm. is a great time to get into get into a home yeah, or a new home or upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So, and that's somebody who's like considering refinancing mm-hmm. if they bought a year or two ago and it was about 1% or more. Right. So from a lending perspective, we, we do want to take a look at several factors, like what you had to pay as far as closing costs if you purchase, let's use last year for an example, um, several questions that we'd ask to make sure it would make sense. Typically speaking, with that 1% reduction in the interest rate, you're going to recoup the closing cost for the refinance in about, a, about two, two and a half years. So we would want to know how long you plan on being in the house first before we said, yeah, let's go ahead and refinance you. What's your future goal? If you see yourself there for five years, yes, it's going to make sense to refinance, even if you just purchased a year ago, because you're going to be at the very beginning of your amortization schedule. So you're going to recoup faster than, let's say, you were 10 years into it. Mm -hmm. So some of the nice things, too, is even if you are 10 years into your mortgage, and you want to refinance, you don't have to always go back to a 30-year or jump to a 15-year. We have options where if you want to amortize it out over 22 years, so you don't lose any of that time that you invest in paying it off. We have those options. So right now, if you aren't looking at moving or at upgrading, now is an absolute phenomenal time to refinance if you didn't take advantage, you know, when we were historically low mm-hmm. a few years ago. And what was like the low, low that we were at a couple years ago? I think um, for a conventional 30 year fixed, I think we we're at three and a quarter very, very briefly. So we're pretty okay. much, we're low. we're pretty much there. If you wait, and sometimes people try to get a little greedy and wait, mm-hmm. it usually comes and mm-hmm. backfires. Okay. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all really good to know. Like I wouldn't have considered how long I would want to stay for a refi I wouldn't have considered um I wouldn't could have considered asking somebody who's only been there a year if they thought about refi yeah me neither because that doesn't feel like it would be helpful and it would be super helpful yeah (laughs) it could it could potentially be or if you know you're going to maybe even be moving in the next couple years and you want to refinance to cash out take out some equity get your house up to par so one of these fine little ladies can sell it for you <laughs> yeah it's it's still a um your rates are so low it may make more sense to go that route doing a cash out refinance take out some of the equity make your improvements versus doing let's say a home equity letter credit sure. where the rates are still you know in that five percent range mm-hmm. and it's always really good to talk to your agent if you're thinking about doing those um, updates or whatever because not everything gets you that money back. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to talk to you before you start throwing money into the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then get with your lender. Get with Angie. I didn't even know a cash out refinance was a thing versus the HELOC until right now. Right. And those don't, again, that's something where you would want to have a lender run the numbers to mm-hmm. see how long it would take to recoup because doing a refinance, still same amount of work goes into it as a purchase. So you're still going to have to get the abstract up to title work done. In for a cash out refi, you'd still have to have an appraisal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still work that goes into it, so there's going to be some costs incurred. So you're going to want to meet with your lender and see what makes sense, mm-hmm. how long you need to have the mortgage to recoup the cost, mm-hmm. so that you at least come out, you know, at a wash. Yeah. Well, cool. Good to know. I'm already like thinking of clients yeah. who might use that. <laughs> I know. I know. All of the things. So. Uh, when we see, I know we are so blessed that you send us those emails with what the rates are at right now for a well-qualified buyer. Mm-hmm. And it's always a little bit of sticker shock to me too, to see FHAs at three mm-hmm. and VAs at three, and then conventional might be at like 3.6 or something. Right. So why can you explain to sure. the buyers out there on why conventional is still going to be overall better for them if they qualify. Sure. So typically speaking, conventional is going to be better in the long run because the PMI or that mortgage insurance, private mortgage insurance is what it's referred to for conventional loans, would eventually go away um, once your loan value hits a certain percent. So this is for your the maybe your buyer that doesn't have the 20% to put down. So there's gonna have some they're gonna have some financing options. Conventional for that person um, with a really strong credit score and if they have the ability to put three percent down um, they're going to come out ahead going conventional because the mortgage insurance, the PMI, is um, very sensitive to the credit score. So the higher the credit score, the better they come out ahead with, or come out with the PMI. So the lower the premium, they'll, they'll pay for that. Um, rate is going to be a little bit higher than FHA. Uh, but when you factor in the entire payment with the mortgage insurance, um, y- usually you come out lower going conventional, but this is strictly if you're looking at somebody with a high credit score. Mm-hmm. If you've got an individual that has good credit, decent credit, but maybe um, credit scores are closer to 700 or below, mm-hmm. then then we kind of have the option of going FHA or conventional. And it, it kind of depends too if what they have for down payments and then what we would get for the mortgage insurance premium, the PMI, whatever rate quote we would get for them. In certain instances like that, if they don't qualify for your home possible, there's different loan programs available that um, even out the credit score as long as you're above a 680 for a conventional home buyer. So in certain cases like that, conventional may still be a better option. It's when you drop under a 680 credit score, that's when the PMI um, for a conventional loan versus the mortgage insurance premium or MIP for an FHA loan, that's going to be set for FHA regardless of the credit scores, where it's going to be higher, again, because it's credit score sensitive for a conventional loan to go go that route. The um, Typically, that interest rate is going to be a lot higher, too, if you've got a credit score under 680 trying to go conventional. doesn't say you couldn't, but over the life, over those first eight years, you're going to come out um, ahead going FHA because the payment would ultimately be lower with a lower interest rate, lower mortgage insurance premium. The negative being, though, is you're going to have the mortgage insurance for the life of the loan if you have less than 10% down. Um, again, you, this is You can refi- that, right? You can still, yep, you can refinance. 
Um, FHA does have a streamlined refi as well. We could talk about, a little bit about that later. So I don't try not to, I mean, conventional ultimately is the best, but there's still some advantages to FHA. If you've got that credit score, like I said, that's, you know, that moderate range or 680 or below, then we'd want to maybe look at potentially going FHA. So even though FHA might have a lower interest rate, you're saying if you can go conventional, it might, it's probably going to benefit you more with the end payment. As long as your credit score is right. above a 680. Okay. Okay. So then when you are advising people to go FHA, it's because they might need that little more flexibility with a lower to moderate credit score. Right. So I might actually have done it where I've given the buyer two pre-approvals. You can go conventional. It works, but your payment's going to be about $100 more per month. There's, you know, FHA charges that funding fee, which is 1.75% of the one amount that gets just tacked right on. So you got to take that into consideration. Um, and then, or, or I'll give them an FHA saying, you know what, this probably isn't going to be your forever home. You know, if you're only going to be there eight years, you're going to come out ahead going FHA because your payments could be $125 less per month. And you're not likely going to have this mortgage for 30 years anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you just want to meet with a good lender that's going to give you both options and run through the numbers and say, okay, this makes sense. If you're here this long, this makes sense. If you're here this long. And so one of the reasons we, as realtors go back and forth between FHA and conventional is that price point. Cause we've done that. We've had that client who has that lower price point and you just really can't find anything um, that'll pass FHA. So it's really good for our buyers to, to really understand that payment option with Angie between conventional and FHA, because when we're shopping for houses, that could make all the difference between which house we're looking at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the flip side too, FHA allows you to push your ratios more than conventional. You're kind of set, typically speaking. I mean, there's some, you know, nothing in my world is set. So it's just, you know, point of reference, about 45% total debt to income versus FHA, you know, you can push that to maybe 50, maybe over 50% mm-hmm. debt to income if you've got some compensating factors. So there may be some reasons if somebody is already at that top of their limit and they're pushing the ratios, FHA allows them more flexibility mm-hmm. to go, you know, mm-hmm. to go ahead of it. And for our newer listeners or listeners who have maybe never gone through the pre-approval process, just explain debt to income a little bit. Right. So from a lending perspective, a certain percentage of your um, gross monthly income can go towards debt. So ideally speaking, when you're when you're budgeting for a house or a mortgage payment, you want to really kind of keep your your housing payment ideal is, you know, anywhere from 28 to 36 percent of your gross monthly income. So that's your income before your, your taxes. Mm-hmm. Total debt, though, so once you figure in any car loans, student loans, credit cards, including the new mortgage payment, really shouldn't, I mean, I again, here, ideal is about anywhere from 41 to 43% of your gross monthly income going towards that debt. So now, you know, with student loans and car loans, it's, you know, and somebody buying a house for the first time, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes for some of those people to stay under that 43% mark. So FHA does allow some flexibility to go over that amount if it makes sense. So one thing we've heard coming up with the whole FHA and conventional change um, is for condos. Mm-hmm. So do you know anything yet? I know it's not in. Yeah, too soon for me to even. Okay. Yeah. But there's a possibility that more FHA buyers will be able to 
They'll make um, the approval process either more streamlined mm -hmm. um, than it is now. I, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we will be having hopefully. a podcast all on that because that, that be. is a mess. And hopefully, it's about to get real good real soon so we can disassemble our task force on it. <laughs> right? Awesome. That would be awesome. Um, well, that's just super awesome. I guess one other thing that you were talking about, it just popped into my head that mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's a thing or not, but if I bought FHA and now I'm doing real good and mm -hmm. I want to refinance, can I refinance conventional or do I absolutely. have to stay? Okay. No, absolutely. So, no, you don't know mm -hmm. unless you Absolutely. Mm -hmm. FHA does have, <clears throat> or even if your credit score is the same and interest rates have dropped a full percentage point again, you can do a streamlined FHA loan mm -hmm. where you wouldn't need an appraisal. Uh, you can do the VA Earls where you can, I've done doing quite a, those, quite a few of those coming up just because, again, they've only been the property they bought it about a year ago and it still makes sense to refinance because they're going to be there for quite some time. What does Earls stand for? Uh, it's an interest rate reduction loan. Oh, I was thinking E when I thought Earls. Oh, sorry. <laughs> interest rate reduction loan. Yes. Okay, okay. Yep. I've heard the term. I didn't know what it meant. Okay, good to know. Jeez, we're learning so much here, Trace. Is your mind blowing yet? I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. Um, so I know we kind of talked about refinancing, you know, if I'm happy in my home and I'm loving it there. What are some good indicators for, you know, if somebody's just at home and they're listening to this or they're keeping an eye on things. What are some good things to like spike their interest on? Maybe I should, if they've got a real good realtor, they've already gotten an email saying, <laughs> call your yeah. lender. But yeah. first thing I would do is a lot. It's amazing to me how many people don't know what interest rate they're locked in at. They just make their mortgage payment and they don't. So first thing, just go, go pull your statement just to see where you're at. And if you're above, even above four, you know, even if you're at four, Take a look at it. Talk, call your lender and say, hey, because maybe if you're looking at shortening your term, maybe you're comfortable making your payments and you could go to a 15 year, you'd be amazed at how much you'd save in interest. Um, so, you know, if you're below four, it's really hard to make a case unless you're wanting to do something like home improvement, taking out some of that cash, taking, taking advantage of some of that equity, then it might make sense. But for the most part, um, that's, the that's the first place I'd stop where are you at sitting for a rate? And then what are your long-term goals? And then call your lender. Can you find your interest rate online? If you're making all your payments online and you, you don't should be have able to. a statement? You should be able to. Okay. Yes. I, I don't know of anybody that mm -hmm. would tap it on there. Okay. Yeah. Great. Good point. Awesome. Um, okay. So and you did kind of talk when we were talking about Earl's about the different types of refinances and you talked about that with FHA. So that's awesome. I also want to say it's a lot easier to refinance too, just from from the client's perspective. So if you had some challenges with a purchase, um, you know, obviously still shop lenders and stuff, but it is a, a more smooth because we don't typically have to verify those assets or that cash to close, which generally is the usually like the most time-consuming part on our end. Um, people find that a refinance it just a much simpler process. So don't be afraid of having to go through it again because I don't, <clears throat> I think you'll be surprised, pleasantly surprised at how simple the process is. Less scary the second time. Less scary. <laughs> good, good, good to know. So don't just be panicked. And right. Call your lender. Mm -hmm. 
Um, one other thing I know you mentioned that's kind of new and exciting that's happening is appraisal waivers. Do you want to talk more about when you can get those mm-hmm. and why they're beneficial? Right. So if you, it, this is what I see. It's the lender won't know for sure if they're able to waive your appraisal requirement. It depends on when they run it through the automated underwriting system. So that's going to be run it through Fannie or Freddie's automated underwriting system. And it tells us if we can do an appraisal waiver, maybe we wouldn't need the appraisal. I still give, especially on a purchase, I will call when I get those appraisal waivers, I will call the client and say, hey, do you still want the appraisal? Because now bank lender doesn't need it because the system is picking up the values there. It's not high risk. Generally, it's going to only happen if the person's putting at least 20% down. Okay. <clears throat> Won't happen for your minimum loan or less than 20% down. I haven't seen it anyways. And then I will give them the option. Do you want to pay for the appraisal or are you good? Are you comfortable with what you're buying this property at? Mm-hmm. And most of the time I've had people say, yeah, no, we're good. The only, you know, at this point in time, the only thing would be as if it came in low, <clears throat> then, you know, we wouldn't know that, but so I haven't had somebody say, yes, I still want an appraisal. And then if you're doing a refinance, generally we'll get those. Um, if you're just doing a straight, what we call rate term refinance, meaning you're not taking out any equity, you're just going for either the lower term or lower interest rate, and you have at least 20% equity, we can usually, I shouldn't say, um, in a credit's good, you're more apt to see an appraisal waiver come through in that scenario. So if I'm in this situation and I decide I still want that appraisal, even though it's not required by you guys, and it happens to come in low, is it now required by you guys or is it only a buyer-seller decision? It would be if we've, you know, I guess I would still present it to everybody, mm-hmm. but when we would submit it, we wouldn't have to submit it with the, the appraisal. Oh, good. Because we've got the waiver for it. Good to know. Good to know. Well, I think that's all of our questions for you, Trace. You got anything else? Nope. I did them all. We sure did learn a lot. Thank you so much, (laughs) Angie. Absolutely. Have to have you back again soon. (laughs) So, uh, Tasty Tuesday teaser. We're not going to tell you where we went just yet because that might have just gotten posted last night. (laughs) Whoops. Happy guessing. Go online. (laughs) Go online. Say where we were, and there will be a drawing next week. Well, Madison posts that. Yeah. Mm Uh, Does Angie want to just tell everybody a little bit yeah. about herself and her business? Sure, yeah. So um, I'm Angie with Valley Mortgage. We are locally and independently owned. So if you want that um, local mortgage experience that we are able to provide um, very, very, very competitive interest rates because we shop mortgage investors for you. So we provide that service from Start to finish, we process underwrite, we fund your loan, we cut the check at closing, so we are your lender, but we're able to shop interest rates for you on your behalf. We're always your go-to person when you have any questions, whether it's two days or two years in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And Angie is our go-to. We text her and email her even when she's on vacation, <laughs> ask for numbers. <laughs> so we definitely use her and pick her brain quite a bit. Yes, absolutely. And we appreciate all of your knowledge and the fact that what you say is what you get. You know, you don't have to worry about going and getting pre-approved through Angie and then getting two days before closing to not have your loan go through because your lender was (laughs) pushing smoke in places that doesn't belong. Right. Right. So. Yay. Yay. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's about it. And we are Diamond Realty Associates. We are client focused. We believe in educating our clients and anybody and everybody who will listen. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to say about us there, Trace? Nope. Just keep an ear out for our next podcast. I'm not sure what we're doing yet. We haven't brainstormed anything. No, not yet. Probably next month, though, we'll have one. And Buyers and Booze will be coming up in October. So Yep. And you guys can always find us on Facebook at Diamond Realty Associates. You can find us online by sellfmhomes.com. And as and always, that's it. That's it. Oh, okay. And as always, <laughs> stay classy at Bye.